0: Good morning and welcome to the Morning Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Cam. I am broadcasting from Spotlight Studios in Morristown, New Jersey, but this is episode two of the PodMax Global Event here on December 4th. This is going to be our second installment of podcast episodes. Our guest for this episode is a high school business and marketing teacher, real estate investor, so he fits right in with everybody that listens, and personal finance advocate in Denver, Colorado. In his 18 years of teaching high school, he has taught a variety of business subjects and his lasting impact as a teacher is a parent by the hundreds of former students who stay connected after graduation. He also volunteers in the money wiser initiative out of the Colorado attorney general's office and with a few other handpicked experts from around the state. He's a blogger and author. He is Dan Sheiks. Dan, welcome.
1: Thanks. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for having me. Excited to be
0: here. Absolutely. I'm excited to have you on. So like I said, before we got on here, this is, you're not, you don't look like the typical guest that we have on this show, but that's okay, because we could figure out how to make this, you you fit into my structure. All right. So um, mm-hmm. I want you to kind of take us through your background first, just so everybody listening kind of gets to know you a little bit.
1: Sure. Yeah. I, uh, I've been a high school teacher for eighteen years that's that's kind of my bread and butter um, and I do love my job I, I have amazing kids and I work in an amazing school and i I teach classes like entrepreneurship, personal finance, and marketing um, and it is it is a lot of fun but uh, you know I kind of always knew that personal finance education was something that just needed to be uh, every young person just needs to have that and and it's not so and in, in our country it's not really stressed. And really, as a nation, we're pretty financially illiterate. So, you know, a few years ago, I decided that I needed to start doing something to, to make that more of a reality for young people that they get that education. So um, I have my hands in a few different things. And my, I just advocate for young people getting that knowledge and those, those skills, strategies, knowing those concepts about how to manage their money correctly. And we can go in a lot of different directions with that. But um, Oh, yeah that's kind of it in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Awesome. So I wish that I had someone that taught me how to do personal finance as a kid, aside from my mom saying, stop spending money. Um, you know, so that's, I definitely agree. It's something that's very important. It doesn't get taught enough or talked about enough. Like I can, I mean, you know, you did all the the chemistry and the shapes and, you know, geometry type stuff. Um, yeah. but, uh, personal finance is definitely something. It's like all those things that you when you want to become an adult, like I'm 30, so I'm still working my way towards mm-hmm. like full-time adulthood. But, um, you know, it's just some of those things that you just, you realize, like, I have no idea like how to do X, Y, Z, you know, and then you just yeah. kind of like learn on the fly, make mistakes, but that's what life's all about. Right.
1: That, that's exactly it. I think as as a nation, and, and it's not just you know I, I'm forty six. So i'm I'm part of Gen X, you're more you're millennial and even yep. Gen Z coming up and even baby boomers, none of us, no there was no generation that where we were taught about personal, even the basics of personal finance. Um, and so we every generation has just kind of had to figure it out by themselves. And like you said, trial by fire or just uh, you know, we we end up making a ton of mistakes. And the sad thing is so many things, can be done at a very early age that can entirely change decades of your life later on. Yeah. Uh, and, and we all kind of miss that. And there's a lucky few that have parents that really understand money and will teach that to their kids. Uh, but it's not, it's not many, it's not many.
0: Right. So, um, so how do you, uh, so obviously you, are you in a public school system or are you in a private school system? I teach at a public school. Okay. So how do you take, so I'm just curious because I don't know much about the education system. I thought I wanted to be a teacher in college, (laughs) but it was gonna take me too long to graduate. So I was like, I'll just do political science. And now I do a lot of different Mm -hmm. things, but um, so how do you kind of fit in like that personal finance type curriculum into a public school curriculum? Because I feel like public school curriculum, maybe it's different here in New Jersey as it is in Colorado. Um, It probably is very similar, Um, but like is is that a challenge to kind of make sure that you work that stuff in because that is something that you're passionate about to kind of fit in the broader spectrum of a business curriculum in a public school system?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because it, it looks so different. Uh, every every state is given the autonomy to kind of run their education system as they want. Um, and and the, the federal government keeps their hands off for the most part, which I think is a good thing. So in my home state of Colorado, um, personal finance education, uh, you know the way it should look is a lot of schools have a, a semester long personal finance class, um, including my school. But for the most part across across our nation, it's it's an elective class. There are a handful of states, I think eight now, that do require a semester long personal finance class for high school graduation. And kudos to them; they they are they get it. But most most states and in, in within those states, most districts and schools do not require. You know, they might have a little, they might have like a unit embedded in this class or that. Right. Um. But my school that I teach at, um, I am lucky enough that even though it's not a requirement, which I think it absolutely should be, we have, we have a business department um, and there are elective classes within that. So I have, I teach a, a semester long personal finance class. Now it is an elective. The good part about that is, is that most students who are in my class, they want to be there. They understand, or their parents at least have said, "You need to take this class. It's going to change your life." Yeah. Um, Now the downside to that is, roughly five percent of the graduates from my high school will have taken that class when they leave the doors of the school and go out into the real world. So I do have, you know, it's a it's a semester long class. So I I have a curriculum and I have things that I cover, and so I I can really um, hammer those concepts with students. Cause I have them for a whole semester.
0: Right. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, so what are some ways that you're able to kind of, what are some things that you mm-hmm. do to help teach kids how to be responsible when it comes to money and business and all, all that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah. I mean, I just, uh, when, when I, I assume they're starting from square one, right. right. I assume that my students and they're anywhere from sophomore to seniors, That they don't know anything, Um, and generally that's the case. I get a few that are in there that, they've done their own research and they're they're really into it, and that's why they've taken the class and they have a a good foundation, for some stuff. So, you know, we start with the very basics. Uh, Start with financial goal setting and how that can affect your your long-term financial future. Uh, We start and then we get into you know just simple things like checking accounts, savings accounts, credit score, using credit cards intelligently. Um, right now in my class, we're, we're talking about investing in the stock market and what that looks like. So we, we do the basics, but then I, I always am able to kind of pull in my personal stories around, um, how I manage my money. Right. And I have guests, uh, friends of mine that will come in and do the same. And I think that's really where the students will, um, connect and they can, you know, they can see a lot of the, the guests I've come in are very young, you know, in their twenties. Right. Um, but they're doing a lot of things right, and so they can relate to them and say, you know what, if they're doing it, I can do it, and I can change my life financially for the for the better and and make my future look look bright.
0: Right. Because it's like a real thing. You can see somebody like, oh, they're not too far removed from where I am right now, and this is what they're doing. It's like a real world stuff. That was like the only that was the thing that you know maybe like school. <clears> you know, I don't know. In certain aspects, I'm sure you know there were classes that I took when I was in high school that you know were that kind of made sense moving on in life. Right. But then like trying to bridge that gap is sometimes difficult, but once you're able to put it in like a real world experience, like, Oh, this is why I need to know. This is always, is always good. Um, I want to talk about, uh, the one thing that I was looking here when I was reading through your bio, um, and doing some research on you last night, uh, when I found out that you were going to be one of the guests on the show, uh, Deca D D E C A is, do you call it Deca? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. I want to make sure I, you know, I wasn't making up an acronym just because, you know, um, Mm -hmm. all right. So take us through what that is, why you do it, how it works for the kids, all that kind of stuff.
1: Sure. Yeah. Deca. I've been a Deca advisor for, for my entire career. Uh, it is, it's a marketing club basically. Uh, so any students enrolled in in business classes, especially marketing class. So I, I I also teach marketing classes. That's kind of my, my main focus actually. And, Um, so the marketing club it's a it's a national it's actually an international club students from all across the country and and a few others other countries are you know will join DECA for the year and then there's a number of different things we can do within the DECA club well in a COVID year it looks quite a bit different we're we're limited everything looks different in a COVID year yeah but in normal years you know we do everything from social events and community service and then we do we do competitions that's kind of the, the most fun part is we take the the kids on different trips and they compete in business scenarios and um, business plan creation and and things like that. So the the students love it. It's, it's a lot of fun um, and it definitely prepares them for
0: their future. Awesome. All right. So the one thing that I definitely want to ask, and I was doing, like I said, I was doing research last night, (laughs) um, trying to pull out some stuff because obviously like a teacher is not normally, like I said at the beginning, not somebody that I normally have on here. Uh, But one thing that really jumped out at me, and I'm just going to ask the question as I read it from the site. So this is your your writing and I'm just reading it. What the F is Sheik's Freaks? Yes. Let's talk (laughs) about Sheik's Freaks.
1: Yeah, let's do. So uh, you know, in my pursuit of advocating for personal finance education, um, I found out very quickly that not everybody's on board with that. And and the decision makers, at least in my state and, and even in my district, were not interested in in changing the system so that personal finance was available to all well was required for all students. So I came up with a different way, you know, I kind of still asked myself, well, how am I going to pursue this? Because I know it's so important. And I and I started an online community for young people. Uh, I believe it's the first ever for young people that focuses on not just personal finance, but also early financial independence. And and I named it Sheik's Freaks. So uh, you know, just a quick explanation for that. Sheiks is my last name. And the freaks part comes from the, the idea, and it's so true, that if you are a young person, let's say 15 to 25, and you are not just interested in money, but you're actively pursuing knowledge for your financial future. You, you are trying what, you're, you're doing lots of things to learn about money and investing in early financial independence, then that is not a normal thing. Most people, when they're, let's say, you know, 20, are thinking about anything but money and they're thinking about how can i spend all the money that i have and it's yeah. not it's not very much so right. that is that is different they are those young people are unique and so in a way they're they're kind of a freak because they're so different in a good way right they're they're a freak in a good way and so that's where the chic freaks name came from i love it so The what I, I think the F that's is awesome freak, yeah yeah it's just young people who are who are motivated to learn about money now so they can change their future
0: awesome yeah. So, so what are some things that you do? Like how, like, how do you attract, this is going to sound like a terrible question out of context, but how do you attract kids <laughs> to your site?
1: <laughs> how do I attract teenagers? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, right. Uh, uh, not that way. Uh, you know, so let's talk about that the, the, from the, from the freaks, the, the sheik's yeah. freak standpoint, how do you attract kids uh, to get interested in that? Cause obviously you have obviously like a, a base because you're a teacher and you're teaching these kids actively. And I'm sure that they're part of that community as well. Um, how do you get, people from outside of your little community?
1: Um, you know, just one at a time, honestly. And, and I started the, the chic freaks platforms. Uh, and right now we mainly have, there's three main platforms. We have a website, an Instagram page and a YouTube channel. And so it's really just one, one finding one at a time. And, uh, I'll be honest with you. I've, I've struggled and I I don't, um, I don't talk about the Sheik's Freaks platforms in my classes a whole lot. Okay. Uh, there, there's a little bit of a gray line there because um, it is a small business. Uh, I don't make any money.
0: Um, gotcha.
1: Eventually, maybe I will, but right now, you know, I have no intention of, you know, I didn't create Sheik's Freaks to, to make money. I have nothing to sell. Um, it's really just about spreading information. And so, um, but still, it is kind of a side project of mine. So I, you know, I, I do direct some of my students to my website to read the blog posts because they they align perfectly with what we're learning in class. Um, and I will mention it here or there. But I, I you know, I, like, for instance, I don't require my students to become members of right. the Sheik's Freaks community. So, you know, I'm, I'm out there on Instagram putting out what I think is good content. Same with YouTube, the website, we have blog sites, um, and we, we feature different freaks on the website with what they're doing. And we have success stories. And, and I also have a mastermind group of young people. And you'll like this, you know, with, with the, the real estate twist. Uh, yeah. I've connected with a number of young people, anywhere from 15 to 20 from around the country. And we have a mastermind group where, and they're all interested in real estate investing. They're all, you know, future real estate investors. And they will probably be buying their first property in the next six months to six years, somewhere in that time, depending, depending really mostly on their age. Right. So I, I meet with those kids and, and they're members of the Sheik's community and, uh, you know, and hopefully it grows and reaches more people. But uh, even if it doesn't, it's it's just about um, giving back really for me, but it's about helping young people, at least putting it out there and hopefully it catches fire.
0: Right. Okay. So, yeah, I'm like looking through the, um, the website, which... I mean, I'll remind everybody at the end of the show, but all the stuff that I, that you've talked about, Sheik's Freaks, the website, the Instagram page, I'll make sure I link all that stuff in the show notes. so People know where to go to get it. And maybe we'll get you some New Jersey people to kind of join up and, and be a freak, um, which would be great. So, um, what are some of like your, I guess, core messages? Like if there's a couple of things that you want to make sure that whether they're Sheik's Freaks or they're not, um, whether they're 15 years old or 30 years old or 55 years old, like what are some like of the core things that you think people need to be aware of as they're, you know, uh, in a personal finance standpoint?
1: Yeah. Great question. Um, And I, I had two come to mind one, and this is, I would say this is probably most important because this is why I think people don't learn about personal finance. And so my first message would be, it is not complicated. Money is really not that complicated. Uh, you know, earning money, saving money, and investing money is really not that complicated. There, there are unfortunately, or or maybe it's a good thing, a lot of companies out there who it's in their best interest to make money seem complicated um, because they make money off of people when they when they think they need to get help. And I, I'm not saying that you should never have, you know, for instance, a financial advisor or somebody help you or, or pay somebody to help you with your money. But when you're young it really shouldn't be that complicated. It's as simple as let me earn a little extra money, let me spend a little less, let me save the difference and then let me invest that in an, in a really easy way. I recommend that, you know, just open a brokerage account and start investing in an index fund. If that's all you do and that's really simple, then if you start that when you're 18, 19, 20 years old, you will be miles and miles ahead of your peers in 10 to 15, 20 years. Um, and so it really can be that simple. And if, you know, I think people think, especially in the investing piece of that is so complicated that they just they just shut down and they never get started. So that would be the first message. The other message I would share, it, it comes from a community that I'm a part of called the FIRE community. If you're into real estate, maybe you've heard of that, but it's the financial independence retire early community. And it's, it's a it's been gaining a lot of steam in the last five years. It's been around for a couple of decades, but it's the idea that if you, if you make good decisions with your money and you employ different strategies, you know, you don't have to work till you're 65. That, that is not, that is not a requirement. Uh, There are other options where you can create passive income streams and invest your money wisely and then live off those investments so that you can retire, you know, years and sometimes even decades before age 65. So that would be the second message is just to know that there is another option out there other than the 9 to 5 to your 65 grind right. of reaching early financial independence and then having the freedom of time to probably continue working or at least doing, but it can look however you want that to look.
0: Right, right. So let's talk about investments. So, you, so you've, you've touched on real estate investments. I heard you say stocks before, index funds I'm not a financial expert by any stretch of the imagination. And honestly, I should become a Sheiks Freaks because I don't even know what I'm doing. Um, but uh, so let's talk about the different types of investments because we've had, this is predominantly, like I mentioned before, um, a real estate focused show. Uh, and we're going to get into your personal real estate investing um, a little bit later. But mm-hmm. what are some things that you see uh that are like more risky. uh, They're maybe better suited for people at different points in their life. Like, like take us through some of the investments that you think are sound financial investments to try to get in on the ground floor. If you're a young person trying to invest.
1: Yes. And and I will say just like you, Mike, I'm not a a personal, I'm not a investor expert. Um, And and I also really only deal with giving advice to young people. And so I, I try to keep
0: it simple because, we like um, simple. we're, we're good yeah, on simple that, exactly. that'd be better for me honestly. yeah
1: um, So you know, I, I try to steer my young people towards uh, I definitely inform them about real estate investing because I think it is one of the best ways to invest money. There are so many uh, positive aspects to real estate investing and it, there's so many ways that it can grow your net worth um, that it's something I definitely advocate for for young people. And you know there's, there's a certain strategy if, if you've heard of house hacking, that I definitely try to educate them about. If you're a young person, I think it is the best way to get started in real estate investing. Um, and so I will explain that to a lot of my young kids and there's, there's a couple of great books out there about that strategy. And it really is pretty simple. Uh, it doesn't mean that it's easy, but it's pretty simple to do a house, hacking, a house hack strategy for real estate investing. So I, I encourage most of my young people to buy their first property by age 20. Um, there are things you need to do between let's say age 17 and age 20 to get to that point. It's not right. like you can just go out and do it. You need to have a good credit score. You need to have a, a solid income stream.
0: Are we talking um, single family homes? Are we talking multifamily? Are we talking commercial stuff? I'm obviously uh, not obviously anything big because you're only 20 years old, but um, is yep. it, it, does it matter? It,
1: uh, well, sing, uh, house hacking can work for single family or multi-unit up to a fourplex. Okay. So somewhere in that, somewhere in that range. Gotcha. Um, and then beyond that, I think, you know, you don't only want to invest in real estate. Diversification is a good strategy. And so I, I then will steer them towards index funds, um, which again, it's simple. And actually, to be, to be honest, it's the proven method that works best over time, very low fees, and you, you invest in the market in general. So you're, you're invested basically in, you know, what your investment does is what the market does overall. And if you're in it for the long haul, and I stress this big time, I tell my, my students and, and the Sheik's Freaks, I say, you, you should not be investing money in the stock market or even in real estate unless you're going to put it there for the long term. It's got to be a minimum of a 10-year investment. If you need that money or you think, you think you're going to need that money, you know maybe in a couple of years, you're going to buy a car or whatever it might be, then, then you really shouldn't be investing that money because it, it could take a hit in the short term and you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to spend it on what you were planning to spend it on. So we're talking at least at least a 10-year minimum, hopefully 20, 30, 40-year investment. And if you do an index fund in the stock market, then you are going to, you know, it's going to be a great investment for you in the long term. Playing, playing the stock market, a lot of young people get really excited about things like day trading or investing in individual stocks for companies that they love. Young people love companies like Tesla, um, Google. Apple and they just want to dump money into individual stocks there. I, I get that. I did that. Um, I, I know that when you're young, that sounds really sexy and exciting. But I say, you know, the, the quicker there's a timeline. We all kind of start off, a lot of us, we want to invest in individual, individual stocks or day trade. And we always kind of end up at a much smarter investment strategy like an index fund. So the, the shorter you can make that timeline where you kind of learn by your mistakes, and get to an index fund investing strategy, the better. And if you can start there, even that, that's the best strategy.
0: Right. Do you find it because you work with a lot of, uh, what are we at Gen Z now? Um, yep. A lot of kids in that generation, obviously I'm a millennial We're we have our own stigmas about us, even though I don't think that all of them are true, but some of them definitely are. Um, the one main thing, and it was interesting that you said, the, the 10 year commitment, and I'm sure that there are people that understand like, money just doesn't like just automatically happen and you're rich now. Um, Do you find it difficult to get through, like get past the barrier of like that instant gratification of what, you know, my generation and generations after me, really everybody, the way that the world works now um, to kind of break through that barrier and, and kind of educate from, from that standpoint.
1: Yeah. I mean, everybody's looking for that get rich quick scheme or, or that, that way to do it. And if you, man, if you jump on YouTube or Instagram, there are Everybody's
0: rich. hundreds yeah. of people who, right. are,
1: who are willing to teach you about their get-rich-quick scheme for a yeah. price, honestly.
0: Right, which is um, how they get rich, I think. Ex- yeah.
1: Exactly, yeah. yeah. And it just doesn't work. There is no get-rich-quick scheme. And if it sounds too good to be true, then it is. Uh, yep. So I, I, I preach this to the, to the people, the young people I work with, both in and out of my classroom. I say it's, there is no short, short-term get-rich strategy. It, it takes time. It always is going to take time. You have to allow compounding interest to, uh, to work to your advantage. And that only happens over a period of time. Now, it's not to say you can't reach financial independence at an early age. That is definitely possible. That's been proven many times. Yep. But that doesn't mean you're going to be rich. That means you're going to be independent for, and you get to spend your time the way you'd like to.
0: But um,
1: you know, you're not going to be a billionaire. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Damn it. <laughs> um, so uh, before we get into your real estate investment, because I do want to talk about that, um, the a lot of what, uh, not a lot. So some of the episodes that we've had on this show talk a lot about content creation. So I'm interested to see kind of like how you decided that you were going to go from being a teacher that does, you know, Business, uh, education, marketing, whatever. Obviously, I'm sure the marketing stuff comes into play. But how do you make that jump into the content creation side to kind of put stuff out there for people?
1: The yeah, the content creation has been honestly, Mike. It's been a learning process. Uh, when I first started to cre- uh, decided to create the Sheiks Freaks platform or community, I had my own Instagram, my personal Instagram account that I actually used mostly for school. Honestly because um, my friends Gen, uh, Gen Z were not, were not really Instagrammers. <laughs> right. So I would, I would post things from our DECA club that we talked about earlier, you know, trips that we were doing and things that we were doing in the classroom, I would post on that, on that Instagram account. So I was familiar with Instagram and, and YouTube, honestly. Uh, but then when I started creating content for Sheiks Freaks and developed those channels, um, I, I, I've learned a lot. I'll just say that. Um, and, and I'm also trying to reach you know, Gen Z, which they have their very specific way they like to consume their content. Yep. Um, I, I do not put my face on the brand at all. Okay. Uh, because young people do not, I don't think, and I've, I've, I've polled quite a few of my students to ask them, they, they don't want to see their, someone who's basically their dad telling them
0: about how to manage <laughs> their
1: money. They don't. Sh- right? Shut up,
0: dad. Yeah. Exactly. One of those kind of things. Yeah.
1: So I, I've, I've had a lot of young people. I'm very grateful. You know, some of my alumni. And then part of my Sheik streaks Mastermind group, they've stepped up and they've created, you know, I, I'll kind of give them a lot of direction. And I've written a lot of blog posts and I have alumni that will take the blog posts, make it into a YouTube video. We put that up on YouTube. We put that up on Instagram TV. And so I have a young people, a variety that will help me create content because their face, you know, being in their early twenties is much more relatable than someone like me.
0: Right. So you talk about the blogging. Uh, so you blogged for Bigger Pockets. Um, so how did you get started with the blogging side of it? And How did you get connected with those guys? Uh,
1: well, starting blogging for Bigger Pockets, I just I reached out to them and said, you know, I, I think one thing Bigger Pockets is missing is a is a strategic message to the young people of your community, um, and, and there are people younger than fifteen that are in the Bigger Pockets community, and if. If your audience is familiar with real estate investing, I'm going to guess they know Bigger Pockets. So right. um, they, you know, they were open to that idea. So I became, uh, you know, an authorized blogger for Bigger Pockets, and I've written several articles that really are either for young people or for parents of, let's say, teenagers. And then, you know, I, so I have those blog posts. But then when I started the Sheiks Freaks website, it originally was just a blog website. And I've posted you know 25 or so blog posts on there as well um, and on, on my own site and uh, the connection with bigger pockets is actually an interesting story um, bigger pockets if you don't know is is headquartered in Denver Colorado where I live Did not know that I'm, and my wife and I are we're, we're huge fans of real estate investing and we do it ourselves which we'll talk about I know and Um, there was a meetup at bigger pockets headquarters, I think four years ago or so. And my wife and I said, well, we, we got to go, you know, we loved bigger pockets and we still do. So we went to the meetup, we met an employee there. Uh, his name was Craig Curlop. Um, and we just, you know, we started a relationship with him. It was really just about helping each other out investing. And uh, when I got to know Craig, I said, you know, Craig, you need to come into my classroom. You need to come into my classroom and talk to my students about what you're doing. Cause he was house hacking. He was in his mid twenties at the time. And he was crushing it. And so he came to talk to my students. It went really well. And I said, well, Craig, I want you to come back now next year. And I want you to come in on a regular basis every month or two. And he said, absolutely. And he said, I'm going to bring my friend Scott Trench with me as well, who's now the, the CEO and president of, uh, well, I think the CEO of um, a Bigger pocket. So Scott and Craig have been coming in my classroom on a regular basis since then. And so I've been blessed and, and super grateful to have a relationship with those two guys. Craig has since uh, left Bigger Pockets to do bigger and better things because he reached financial independence at I think age 27 because he crushed it. Right. Um, Scott is also financially independent, but is sticking around Bigger Pockets because he loves it. Um, but that connection uh, with Bigger Pockets has uh, proven very fruitful, I think, for my students and for me. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's awesome. It's good to have those types of connections for sure. So um, networking always works. So yes. let's talk about the real estate investing because that fits in perfectly with the type of stuff that the people on here come to expect from the morning spotlight. So yeah, what type of stuff are you investing in? Where let, let's do what types of stuff you're investing in is it just single family homes, multifamily stuff.
1: We, we have 15 units, um, but it's amazing. The variety in those 15 units, we have single family homes. We have small multi-unit. We have a duplex, a triplex and a, and a fourplex. We have out-of-state investments, and we do. We have one property that's a short-term rental, so Airbnb full-time, um, and we've done some burrs. So a lot packed into 15 units.
0: Right? Are they? Sorry, I know you said out-of-state. Um, like, where where are we talking? Yes.
1: Yeah, so we live in Denver. Um, we have three single-family homes in just outside of Detroit, Michigan, in a suburb called called Wayne, Michigan.
0: Okay. All right. So. My question is, and we've had a lot of different uh, people on here that are real estate investors, obviously. Um, and a lot of them do like multifamily investing throughout the country and they all have like big teams and, and stuff like that. Um, I'm interested to see, you know, like, so you have properties in Michigan, you live in Colorado. How, how did you get that property? Like, like, did you go see it yourself? Uh, do you have a connection to Michigan? How, how does that, how does that work?
1: Um, I, I have never seen those houses. I, I, I don't think <laughs> I've ever been there. I was actually born uh, just outside of Detroit, but moved out of the state when I was three. Okay. So it's possible that when I was like two years old, I might I might have driven through Wayne, Michigan. Yeah. Um, but I've really never been there. And so, uh, you know, we took the strategy from uh, Bigger Pockets, and uh, a lot of people on that commu- in that community were were doing long distance real estate investing. Um, and so we connected with, we built our team in Detroit from bigger pockets. We have, uh, as David Green would say, the core four we have our agent, we have our lender, we have our contractor, and we have our property manager. Um, and they are the boots on the ground to get things done for us. Uh, I, I'm a firm believer, as many people are, that there are people who are much smarter than me that can help me out. Right. Um, you know, a property manager does that all day, every day. So I will never know as much as the property manager. Same with the agent and the lender and the contractor.
0: Right. So we, we rely on them heavily. Awesome. So what about the ones close by? Do you manage those properties yourself? Uh, do you have other people that they do the same similar situation where you have like a team of people to do it for you?
1: Uh, we We self-manage and by we, I'm talking about my my wife and I, and right. I really should say she, because she's yeah. the one that's, uh, she was a teacher as well. Um, and her goal was to, was to leave teaching. She, she had done it for almost 20 years and she, she wanted to move on to something different. So over the course of the last three years, she went to halftime and now she, she's retired from teaching basically, and she's full-time in real estate. So she manages all of our properties in Colorado and she continues to grow our portfolio as well.
0: Awesome. So what was the first property that you invested in? <laughs>
1: Um, The first property I invested in was before I met my wife. Um, I bought a townhouse as a primary residence and eventually moved out and then turned it into a rental
0: unit. Okay. And then, so was there ever like a... um like an interest in real estate or was it more from like a financial standpoint that, you know, like it's a pretty sound financial investment. Because the one thing that I've always, I don't invest in real estate. I I would, if I had the money to do that, which is why I'm going to get on Sheik's Freaks and figure out Mm -hmm. how to manage my money better. Um, But the one thing that I would, I'm always interested to know is like, what, what makes you take that jump? Like, okay, real estate is where I want to be. And you understand that you're going to have to manage properties and deal with tenants and, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. else they have going on. Um, so how do you make that jump into real estate investing?
1: Great question. First, I'll say that real estate investing is not for everybody. Um, uh, but if, if, if it does sound interesting to you, then I think you should definitely look into it. So for me, um, when I met my wife about four or five years ago, uh, she had started investing in real estate already. Um, but she was pretty new. And when we met, uh, she quickly got me on board, and at that same time, we were introduced to Bigger Pockets and really dove into that community and what they have to offer, and so it kind of took off from there about four or five years ago.
0: Gotcha. Okay, so then, um, and like I like I mentioned to you before, we got on. <clears throat> excuse me. The majority of my listeners of the Morning Spotlight are between the ages of like twenty five and forty, so maybe they are already investing in real estate. They're involved in real estate for the most part in some capacity. Maybe they just have an interest in real estate. Maybe they want to get like something that they could rent out on Airbnb or uh, get their first multifamily duplex, triplex, whatever. Um, So what are some recommendations? Again, you're not a financial planner or anything like that. You're just a guy that does this, you know, as part of his financial plan, his own personal financial plan. So what are some advice that you would have for somebody that's trying to get into real estate investing?
1: Oh, that's that's a big question. Yes, uh, th- there's there's so many different ways to invest in real estate. There really are. Uh, you can do it without any money. You can do it without any experience. Um, and, and you can do it really literally anywhere in the world from wherever you are. You, but you, know, you, you don't want to just jump in Without some knowledge. That's the one thing I would say that everyone can do is to start educating themselves about real estate strategies, uh, reading books, reading blogs, uh, listening to podcasts, whatever, however you want to consume the information. You know, it's all out there for free, by the way. Right. Um, I mean, if you need to spend 10, 15 bucks on a book, that's well worth your investment. But I would not recommend going out and spending, you know, 1000 5000 10000 dollars on a real estate guru's class. Do yeah. not do that. They definitely
0: exist. You always see them here yes. in Atlantic City or wherever. They're like thousands of people, but it's, you know, like you said, 1000 5000 dollars to sit there for like a day class and you're like, "Why would I even yeah. why would I spend that money?"
1: And they're just going to sell you something else. Everything yeah. you need to know is out there for free. And right. so um, you know, it's you really just kind of have to find your niche. You can't just say I'm going to invest in real estate and not have a focus and Uh, So I I would encourage them to just get online and start Googling bigger pockets is in my opinion, the best um, place to go, but there are other websites and and blogs and podcasts that definitely can educate you. And I would spend, you know, three to six months just learning about real estate in general and finding whatever kind of piques your interest and what, what area, what direction you might want to go with that, because you cannot be an expert in everything, real estate, you got to find one focus. And now that I say that, I just think about what I said earlier that, you know, in our 15 properties, we have such a variety. We haven't narrowed down our focus, but most recently we've been doing the Burr method and out of state investing in the, in the Detroit area. So I think that's kind of where we've, where we've landed. Right. Um, but yeah, you just, you, and eventually you have to pull the trigger. You have to pull the trigger and buy that first property. And, you know, don't be afraid to partner with somebody who has the knowledge that you don't have, who yeah. has the money that you don't have, who has the experience that you don't have. It it can be done.
0: Right, right. So, um, we've covered a lot of different stuff. we covered the teaching side. We've covered the sheiks freaks. We've covered the real estate investing. We've covered a lot of different stuff. Um, I'm curious uh, to kind of know, like, the is there an end game for what you're doing? Like, do you have like a specific goal in mind? Uh, it could be on any of them. It could be on all of them. Um, something that you want your the stuff that you're involved in, um, because you're obviously out here, you know, on podcast doing this podcast or uh, Podmax event. Um, you've been on podcast before. You're putting out content. Is there a, uh, an end goal, or is it just kind of like an ever evolving type thing?
1: I, I would say it's very much ever evolving. Uh, I I do have a book deal with Bigger Pockets. Um, the book will be launched late. Oh, that's what I wanted. To,
0: yes. I thank God you, you mentioned that because that, literally it was, I put it right here on my screen and I almost mm-hmm. forgot. So we talk about the book too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The book uh, will be launched late next year. Uh, it is, I, I give bigger pockets, some, some credit. They, they, they're taking a chance with this book. Um, I mean, it is going to be specifically for teenagers, which is not their bread and butter. Um, and it is gonna be a book about early financial independence. So it's not even just a real, real estate investing book. It is a book about early financial independence, concepts, strategies, techniques, and stuff. So uh, I'm super excited about it, obviously. Uh, and my goal is ever evolving. As you said, I'm, I'm just trying, my, my main mission is to provide young people who are willing to listen, information and education about how to manage money, the different options they can employ, to live their best life, and, and you know, hopefully achieve early financial independence, so that they can then focus on maybe giving back, volunteering, starting a business that's going to help other people. Uh, and so that's kind of where I'm headed. It is I'm kind of taking it one step at a time, but the big picture is just to reach as many young people as I can.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. I'm always interested to know that because, like, I mean, obviously everybody does uh, a lot of different things. Like I do, like I sell title insurance here in New Jersey. That is my normal job my day job and i'm also doing this and you know do some other things as well but i'm always interested to kind of see like the if there is like a ultimate goal like a pinnacle that you're trying to reach because like for me it's just like an ever like it's a similar situation Like it's an ever-evolving thing i have no plan like i like i said in uh, an earlier episode um that it's always flattering when people say that i have like a great marketing plan because i have none i am literally just taking stuff throwing it against the wall seeing what sticks And then just kind of, you know, going with the flow, you know? So, um, it was just interested to kind of, you know, hear what, uh, what your plans were, you know, the types of stuff that you want to get involved in and the people that you want to reach and all that, which I think is, which I think is awesome. So, um, we're getting close to the end of our episode. Uh, we have about four minutes left. So we are going to move the show into our closing segment, which is called under the spotlight. So we've been talking for 40 minutes, I would say, um, They've been listening to Dan Sheiks talk about a lot of different stuff you know on the morning spotlight. But if there's one thing that you want them, the listeners of this show to walk away from this episode with, what would that one thing be?
1: Uh, the message for young people though the one thing I would want them to take from from this episode is uh, that, If you focus on learning just even a little bit about money management now, it can change your life um, drastically in ways you can't even imagine in the future. It can give you your freedom of time back um, and maybe even a short period of time, you know, meaning 10, 10, 15, 20 years. And so take take some extra time instead of watching Netflix or scrolling through Instagram reels, um, read a blog post. Stop talking about
0: me, (laughs) geez. I do it too, I do yeah. it too.
1: Uh, but just spend some time, you know, just exploring the, the idea of, you know, personal finance as a young person, and it, it, it will only um, benefit you in the future.
0: Do you have any recommendations on those? We have a couple more minutes, like uh, blogs. I mean, obviously Sheik's Freaks is, is one of them. Um, are there any other ones that you think are, are good, you know, avenues for people to kind of go to, or is it just kind of like, you know, figure out what you're interested in and, and take it from there.
1: There are some great places to go for teens for, pers- for basic personal finance. Um, EverFi is a great uh, website. Um, and there are, there are many books written for teens about personal finance. Uh, and, but when you get into like, early financial independence concepts or real estate investing concepts, there really is nothing for young people specifically for young people. And that's why I created chic freaks. Right. Uh, you know, if you try to find a blog blog, uh, I'm sorry, a podcast for young people about these things, it does not exist. And if it does, it's, I don't know. I don't know where to find it. Yeah. Um, same with websites, even, even social media, there's just not out there. So, um, but you know, if, if you're young, you can, you can get into the adult world and learn about personal finance. Yeah. Um, but yeah it's hopefully what we're trying to change here. Um, right, right. Michael, I have to ask you, I read somewhere you're a baseball fan. Is that true?
0: Yeah. So I, um, uh, before I started selling title insurance, I was a college baseball coach for five years. Uh, that was my first job out of college. I played uh, baseball in college here in New Jersey. Um, and, uh, so I worked at three different, uh, I actually have worked at four different schools. Um, TCNJ here in New Jersey, Franklin and Marshall College in Pennsylvania, St. John Fisher College up in Rochester, New York, which is where I got my MBA. I was a grad assistant. So I got paid to coach and got a free MBA, which was amazing. Nice. Um, and then, uh, moved back to Jersey, eventually got this title insurance job, but yeah, I've always been into baseball. Like my, my dad introduced me to baseball, Yankee fan, you know, they, I have my own thoughts about them, but, okay. um, you know, that's, that's, that's my baseball background.
1: Awesome. Well, I was going to guess Mets, but Yankees does make sense. So
0: yeah,
1: I'm a Cubs fan. We'll have to, we'll have to talk baseball sometimes. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, I'd be happy to do a baseball episode because, you know, I actually had a girl uh, on, I don't know if you saw on one of the episodes early uh, on in the life of the morning spotlight podcast, um, Hannah Huseman, who is the mental skills coach for the Philadelphia Phillies. Amazing. Um, She was just ranked like the number two voice in sports on LinkedIn, which I thought was like amazing. Um, that uh-huh. I had her on the show and then now she's doing all this stuff. So definitely check that out. It's uh it was a good, a good episode. It just ties into the whole baseball thing. And I'm trying to get one of my, uh, 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 the Dodgers obviously just won the world series. One of my former teammates is the assistant pitching coach at uh, with the Dodgers. So Mark Pryor go. Cubs fan, you should know who Mark Pryor is. He's, yeah. the pitch- he's the pitching coach for the Dodgers. My friend Connor is the assistant pitching coach for the Donner- Dodgers. So I'm trying to get him to, come On and do an episode with me, so hopefully, fingers crossed yeah. we'll, we'll get that done. But, um, all right, so for everybody listening, that is going to wrap up our show. Mm-hmm. I want to thank Dan Sheeks, this was great. Uh, I'll make sure, like I said earlier on in the episode, so all the I'm gonna ask Dan to send me the stuff that he wants in the show notes the links, the Sheeks Freak stuff, everything, the content. Make sure you go check it out, especially if you're a young. Uh, young person interested in getting better at personal finance, or maybe if you're a little bit older like me, and want to actually learn some basic stuff. So uh, Dan, thank you so much for doing this with us. This was awesome.
1: Thanks, Michael. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. It was fun and I'll definitely be keeping in touch.
0: Absolutely. I appreciate it. And everybody else, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Just a reminder that any views expressed in the morning spotlight are the views of the speaker and should not be construed to be the views of any other person, any employer, or any organization. Thank you. We'll see you next week.